Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hello, we're midway through this 10-part series. The Lions are in South Africa once more, 24 years after probably their most famous tour. Famous for so many reasons, the characters and the tries and the Guscott drop goal naturally but also the injuries. Some gruesome moments of brutality, some frightening accidents, which almost made this tour memorable for all the wrong reasons. Be warned, they're swearing on the way in this episode, all about the injuries. Inside the tour. It was immediately obvious that we had a serious problem. The full story of the 97 Lions in South Africa. I was unconscious, so. Our medical priority was just to maintain his airway. Honestly, it, feel, it still feels like a lifetime. It feels as though it, it happened in slow motion. Slow motion, slow motion, slow motion. These things stick out in your brain and there just wasn't the medical personnel at the games that we have now. And you feel quite lost and it was just the thought, you know, please, we'll just, just wake up. Wake up. Wake up. That's Dr. James Robson. We haven't heard much from him on this series so far, but that is about to change because, as you're about to hear, he turned into one of the most vital members of the Lions 97 squad. No proper sporting story is complete without exploring the depths of despair. And for the Lions of 97, there were three major setbacks. Dr. Robson's quick thinking and medical excellence as vital as any penalty goal, any try. Well, I started my rugby career, um, it was largely as, as a player, and then as a physiotherapist playing rugby, decided to look at uh, how I might flip to the other side and look after the guys, and then adding my medical career on top. That was quite a nice combination. And at each stage of my career, I always thought, oh, I'm happy with this. You know, and I never dreamed that I would ever get as far as the Lions, but as you progress, you, you know, thoughts uh, certainly turn towards it. And I remember getting the letter asking me to be part of the Lions in 93 and being absolutely gobsmacked, but even more so getting 97, because once you've been on one tour, you're desperate to be part of the next tour, that's for sure. I just had to hope that people thought that perhaps you know, I would be of some value to the tour, but um, good, goodness sake, you know, Ian McGeekin giving me a shout and saying, you know, I'd like to, to take you, it meant absolutely the world. Mm-hmm. 
I've got a track record of not being that that great at flying. I actually don't get me wrong. I absolutely adore travel, but that tour in particular, I was very lucky to be given a, a first class seat. For some reason, they decided I was senior management. I think largely on age, but um, that's another story. And um, I don't sleep well, so when the stewardess came round with the alcohol and she said, would you like a glass of champagne? I said, yes, please. And when she said, which one, I hesitated. And she said, well, why not try them all? Now, I did, no, I didn't go over the score, but it, it made me somewhat more relaxed and I actually started to sleep, which I don't do on, on long-haul flights. Um, only to be disturbed about four hours into the flight by a shake of the shoulders and the um, the stewardess saying, are you the team doctor? Um, I had a moment reflection and said yes. And she said, would you mind helping out? There's a lady collapsed at the back of the plane. So I went and attended to that and the uh, poor lady had collapsed and she'd split her head open. So I was able to do something about that with the help of uh, the air crew who had a fantastic um, array of first aid kits. So we put a few sutures into this lady's head. And then she, she said, uh, the captain would like to speak to you just to say thank you. So I went up to the front and in those days you, you could get into the cockpit briefly. I then spent the next considerable time swapping medical rugby stories for aviation stories. And when I confessed about my phobias about flying, they were incredibly uh, uh, wonderful at, uh, at explaining the mechanics of air flight and just why certain things happen and how not to be quite so frightened. Never had a chance to contemplate rugby. <laughs> it's the 4th of June, 1997. The Lions are in the city of Vitbank, now Imala Laney, on the high felt of Mpumalanga. It's match four and the Lions are dominating on their way to a rousing 64-14 victory to maintain their unbeaten start to the tour. This is famous or infamous really for Doddy Weir's injury to his knee. Where the idiot from Umpumalanga stamped on his knee. It was a piece of foul play and it occurred in front of us so we didn't need video replay. I'd been with Doddy on my very first tour for Scotland several years prior to that. I can still now see his face in the dressing room when James Robson just working his knee and suddenly looked at him and said, well, no, your tour's over, Doddy. And Doddy looking at him said, well, no, will it not heal in time? You know, I was just devastated for him. really upset about it because it was crazy how he got injured and I mean the rugby was brutal uh, without a doubt it's probably the dirtiest rugby I've ever played my name's John Bentley this is Rob Wainwright here and we are inside the tour with the Lions in South Africa in 1997 it was an unsatisfactory game from the first 20 minutes onwards I think I got my hat trick within 17 minutes and it was all downhill for me and uh and to lose Doddy in, in a game like that was very disappointing. It was, it was a bit of a mismatch and uh, sad in so many ways that uh, it ended the way it did. We certainly gave them a humping and their only response was to, to do unthinkable things to Doddy's knee, sadly. It was not so much Doddy coming off, it was the examination at the end of the game, which made it evident and, and very clear that it was a severe knee injury and certainly almost tour ending. Hello. 
I'm Dodie Weir, the big look forward from Scotland. I got quite a horrific knee injury. Dr. James Robinson, great guy, gave me the news that I had to go home. So you sink it in, you get over it, and then you march on. Oh, Dodie just shrugged it off. He was just, well, that's, that's life, you know. I was perhaps a little too forthright. I might have actually played it down and, you know, wait for the scan. But it just seemed that at the time it was right to say, Doddy, I, th- I think your tour's over. This, this, you know, your ACL is gone. Um, so, yeah, always reflect back and wonder if you could put things in a, in a more gentle manner. But at, at the end of the day, we've always got to be truthful with the players. Yeah, the injury was one thing, but I think the emotional turnaround was me leaving the boys of the special friendship that I had made. That was a kind of difficult thing for myself to do. It was, you know, we lost a a couple of people. They were deeply uh, emotional moments because we'd really, it was a huge squad and it wasn't just the players, it was the the support staff, the medics, the physios, the, the bag men, the management. It was a huge family that, that all got on very well and to lose to lose anyone from it was always deeply upsetting. I think what brought the emotional side is that we all got on very well. There was no player that was different on that tour. We all had the same bond, same goal, same fight, same idea of what we wanted to do. It was like our kind of brotherhood. I always remember the occasion when when Doddy got injured and I went to collect the camera from him and and I came back and do you know probably for the only time I wanted to go home I, I didn't want to be there Well I think that the world of rugby has taught me it's a similar kind of attitude I'm treating this m and I've got you get given the, the news and you basically got to get on with life and with that I think sport certainly taught me that to do is bounce back and at the same time, enjoy the areas that you were allowed to do. So with myself, thoroughly enjoy my time as a lion and remember it to today. And with that, got so many lovely friendships out of it as well. He's a remarkable man and it showed at that point, you know, he was playing superbly well and bless Martin Johnson, fantastic um, leader, but I think Doddy and, and Jeremy Davidson could easily have been the, the, the test pairing. Then uh, found out from Doddy that his parents were arriving at Cape Town Airport the following day. Fran Cotton, I was the manager of the 1997 British and Irish Lions. Well, funnily enough, <laughs> my mum and dad are farmers they're pretty much full-time connected to the farm. So with that, they've never been off the farm for 20-plus years. I don't think even for the honeymoon. So they decided, when I got selected to go on tours in Africa, that they were going follow for the test matches. I had to drive out to the airport to meet them at the airport and tell them that Doddy was not just injured, he was out of the tour. So I got sent home as mum and dad 
were flying down to South Africa. I met them in the arrivals hall when they came out and introduced myself and have you had a good flight and everything. Just said, look, I've, uh, I'm sorry to tell you, but Doddy's injured and uh, he's uh, going to be out for the rest of the trip. Uh, you could tell on the face they were massively disappointed, uh, but uh, they obviously carried on with their holiday and tour and... Uh, we bumped into the various venues uh, around South Africa and uh, they were having a good time. They were enjoying the holiday, but obviously massively disappointed that they didn't see Doddy play. So I got looked at by Newcastle doctors and was allowed to fly back. So I was able to fly back, join mum and dad and join the boys and have quite a good time. Well, he had the operation in South Africa on his... Uh, his knee ligaments, flew back home. And then uh, Virgin, when we won the test series, kindly volunteered to fly him back out for the uh, the last week uh, before the final test. So he did come out for that last week and enjoyed himself. <laughs> All my life, rugby's been quite a social angle to it. So South Africa is the most amazing place to have a good time, and that I did when I went back. It sounds like Doddy. <laughs> I'm Austin Healy, and this is the story of the 1997 British and Irish Lions. When he got injured, it was quite a big moment for everyone. It was right, it's almost like, right, the fun stops now. If they're, if they're prepared to do that, the fun stops. South Africa quite clever how they do it because they put a group of players to one side and call them a swing box. And they then sent the rest of South Africa to kick the living daylights out of us, which we addressed after three games and said, this isn't happening, we're not having this all the time. Yeah, not even so much we, we're not going to take it anymore. It, it was a resolve that we're going to fight fire with fire. This isn't a journey anymore. This isn't a, you know, a holiday camp, lads. This is what's happening. And you've got to get your retaliation in first. You felt a change in the mood in the camp because of the loss of Doddy. I think when it dawned on, on people that the tour, indeed the career, could be ended so easily in that, that manner, hardened the resolve that, yes, we're going to win this series. Every game there was an attempt, particularly in the, in the Saturday games. You know, the, the Robert Howley incident, they weren't overly happy with. They went through the whole game trying to... He was targeted big time on that tour. I think they saw him as one of the, the main threats. Rob, I think, had the nod over uh, Mr Dawson and was playing immensely well. And again, another icon of rugby and one of my heroes from a different country. And it was such an obvious injury that once we got his shirt off, it, you knew there was no fudging this. this. This was tour over. And so it's a quick check and Rob, you know, with the heat of battle, the, the adrenaline, whatever you want to call it, desperate to play on, but very, very quickly realised that that wasn't the right thing to do. I always get there because he's, he's a very, very good friend of mine. I was, you know, then and now and again, you know, we played rugby against each other together from a very young age. I'm Neil Jenkins, starting fullback. You know, Rob was probably at that point in time, he, well, he was, he was the number one scrum half at that point in time, playing exceptionally well, having a really good tour. And then for Rob to be playing as well as he was and to be, you know, to have a battle with Hughes van der Vestes in that test series would have, would have been obviously one of the highlights of the of, of the tour and of the trip, really. Two great scrum halves going against each other. And um, 
rugby's a funny thing in it it happens in I don't know why it happens but it does and for Rob to get injured a week before the first test is obviously incredible bad luck it's, it's incredibly sad to get injured especially when we go from the, the start of the uh, test series the biggest problem I have with with players at times is actually getting them off the park because they're still desperate to play on it. It never ceases to amaze me how resilient they are in the face of adversity and in particular adversity in the form of injury. And when you're so close to getting a, a test cap for the Lions, it has to be heartbreaking. It certainly brought a tear to my eye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Background staff, a substandard name to group the highly qualified. Physios, masseurs, drivers and doctors. The most important. Sport hardly thinks so. Except, perhaps, at times like this. The real match, a matter of life and death. Life and death. Life and death. Life and death. Well, the key role, obviously, was the uh, medical guy, uh, James Robson. Just to say, he's the best rugby doctor I've ever worked with. And, he, of course, he's still still going 24 years later with uh, with Scotland. Uh, and, really, we just followed his, uh, his diagnosis and advice. You have to take away that spectator element of your psyche. You know, I, I quite often finish the game. I know whether we've won or lost... I won't be able to tell you truly who scored necessarily even the, the actual scoreboard, but I will be able to tell you who was injured, you know, what point did we go on, blah, blah, blah. So the, the focus is very much, and I think most bitside medics, if they're honest, find it very difficult to watch and relax because you're watching to aid somebody in, in their moment of need. Dealing with heavy-handed opposition was one thing for the Lions of 97, but accounting for the freak accident, which occasionally happens, of course, on a rugby field, was impossible. Midway between the first and second tests, the Lions moved to the province of Free State and to Velcom, northeast of Bloemfontein. It's the 1st of July, 1997, and the midweek match with the Cheetahs is seen as vital to keep the momentum building towards a potentially decisive second test. The worst injury was Will, Will Greenwood in the uh, Free State game. That was uh, a very serious incident and uh, thank God James Robson was on the field quickly there because that could have been very, very serious. It was immediately obvious that we had a serious problem. There's a clear cognitive understanding that I went through a pretty serious trauma, brain trauma, for that to happen. Uh, and so you, there are times when you look over your shoulder, almost in a way, and see shadows that aren't there, and see things that aren't there. I'm always excited because I'm part of William's story. My name is Susan Greenwood. 
We watched him from a little boy play rugby. We're so proud of him. We were sad when he had a bad game or was injured. But here we were coming out to South Africa for me as his mum from Ramsbottom in Lancashire to sit and watch him play for the Lions. I'm Will Greenwood and we're with the Lions of 97 on tour in South Africa. William, John, Heaton, Greenwood. It was an amazing win, an amazing performance and, and gave everyone great belief. In the grand scheme of the tour, it was an amazing night because I actually think the best rugby of the whole tour was that night. The first thing to say about that is, of course, we'd moved back to the high veld for the game. James Robson, team doctor. We'd flown up and we were only up for, for a night or a couple of nights and the ground was one of the hardest grounds I'd ever ever stood on you know I've likened it to green concrete can you hear that knocking like it was like that I mean it's Blumfontein and high veld I mean absolutely rock solid but weirdly enough I always say the best player I played with was Alan Bateman so I played with Bateman that night and he said something to me that nearly killed me literally nearly killed me because I always cut my sleeves off Always got my sleeves. Now, now, I mean, literally, it's funny. I've, I've still got a lot of old shirts. They're like jagged marks, so you try and cut them in a clean thing. Now, of course, you tell the kit manufacturer, I want long sleeve or short sleeve. They all wear short sleeve. In the others, you didn't get a choice. You got a massive shirt that weighed four and a half kilos by half time and was four sizes too big because you wanted to impress the opposition that you had a physique that filled this this double XL jersey where I could have fit into a baby gap small. And Batman came in from the warm-up and said, don't cut your sleeves tonight. And the reason is don't cut your sleeves because it was very moist out there and when you're holding or gripping a ball one-handed, if it's damp skin on your, your inside forearm, it's loose. Whereas if you've got a little bit of thread, it can, there's some friction, there's some traction. Now, Alan Bateman was God to me, so if he said don't cut your sleeves off... I didn't cut my sleeves off. Now, what got me killed, technically, according to Dr. James Robson, was the sleeve that I got gripped by, that I got whipped by, that I shouldn't have even had. It was also one of the fastest and remains one of the fastest games of rugby. I've witnessed everybody on that pitch seem to move at lightning speed. We were in the lower seats and we saw someone hurt. Will, unfortunately, was making a break. The opposition guy manages to catch him by the arm and almost, you know, cartwheel him over. And it was that motion and that increase in speed which led to him striking his head against the ground. No, we shouted, it's Will. And we scrambled to the pitch side, me and his dad. Yeah, but now, now so now you know as much as me. If you've watched yeah. it, now you know as much okay. as me. And the reason I say that... I do remember, wow, we tore them up. And every, every time I took a ball on a switch, maybe it was just one of those nights, we opened up on the inside, went, got caught by my sleeve. Feels as though it happened in slow motion. Oh, he was unconscious, so. I sort of remember being on the pitch at King's Park on the Saturday 
I'm trying to remember, trying to remember, trying to remember, trying to remember. And I remember him being stretched off and getting to the sidelines and um, hear, hearing his mum, who was in, in the crowd, she came down to the side and uh, was quite distraught. I ran onto the pitch to be with Will because my son was lying there. A mother's reaction. And it's, it's, it's that moment that actually lives with me because it's so spine-tinglingly awful for a parent to see injury, you know, to their, uh, their children. Jason Leonard saw me and ran after me and gently guided me back to the touchline. You feel quite, quite lost and it was just the thought, you know, please, Will, just, just, just wake up. Will was stretched off, the doctor behind him, and the doctor's hands were shaking. He thought that William was dead. Our medical priority was just to maintain his airway. You know, you can, we call them airway adjuncts and airway manoeuvres. It was all about just holding just underneath his, you know, underneath the, the jaw. It's something that we do, you know, and not infrequently. I say we, glo globally, if, if you get trauma and somebody's unconscious, occasionally the, the, they obstruct their airway and there are various procedures very you know, first aid procedures that you could do and just giving what's called a jaw thrust can just help to maintain the airway. I've gone cold now. I, the thought of this boy being tackled, he mangled his shoulder, he was totally unconscious and he swallowed his tongue. That was uh, what we saw. If you get knocked unconscious, of course, you, you, you haven't got the voluntary control. So, you know, we talk about people swallowing their tongues. That doesn't happen, but it, it does become lax and can go, go to the back of the mouth and uh, cause a bit of obstruction. So, again, it's about putting people into the correct attitude. You know, Rob Wainwright was, was first on the scene and uh, I remember him putting him into the recovery position. That's not necessarily what we might do now, but at the time it was almost certainly the right thing to do. There was, there was panic in the referees. Uh, every, everybody was milling round, uh, well, you to get on, that's your son lying there. I think it was the thought, any, any minute now, somebody, some, somebody with better experience and, and more me medical uh, nous is going to step in and say, I'll take it from here. And that, that just didn't happen. And then, of course, I was very lucky that we didn't have to intervene in any way. You know, he, he, he regained consciousness, albeit he required to, to have uh, urgent assessment at hospital. But he was obviously... Very lucky, wasn't he? Because he, he was saved by the doctor. If there hadn't been medical attention, immediately we'd have lost our son. We'd been credited with saving his life. I think we, it, it was just the fact that we were all there to, to, to help and things went right and, you know, things could have gone wrong. But fortunately for Will and for, for me and for, for his parents, uh, th things, things went reasonably OK. I was just uh, in a state of shock, but he lived to tell the tale, didn't he? Spoke to 
wife, who wasn't wife at the time. I spoke to her that night and then I remember on the Saturday going, look, I'm so sorry. I haven't been in contact. I've been, I've been out of the loop a little bit. What's going on? She goes, we've spoken about three hours a day for the last four days. The people in the hospital kept saying to me afterwards, this Robbo said, you kept moaning that it was your shoulder. I said, I know, my shoulder really hurts. So about a week later, because they were so worried about my head, they hadn't scanned my shoulder. My shoulder was absolutely obliterated. But I genuinely feel that I could have played against the Purple Nasties that they played against on the Tuesday after the second test, if it hadn't been for my shoulder. Because once you're clear of concussion, or once you feel you're clear of concussion, which is one of the great dangers, you're sort of ready to go again. And that's just, concussion is this weird thing that if you, if you don't feel any symptoms, it's not like having a bad hamstring or a dislocated shoulder. You're your own worst enemy. I remember the following day flying down and in, um, you know, released on from hospital on my cognizance, as, as it were, and again, being a little young and, and somewhat naive, not thinking about the consequences of what happens if something goes wrong whilst we're in the air? You know, a greater part of value now. Perhaps I would have left him there for another day or two <laughs> just to know that he was more stable. I love Robbo and he's the most amazing guy and he looked after me. Always grateful just because of the care and attention he took over one of his charges. And that's what he'd have done for anyone wearing red on that tour or anyone wearing the blue of Scotland for the 250-odd internationals that he's now been involved in. Um, he did what he'd have done for any of them. A player was in trouble and he looked after me. And uh, I think that's the reality is from the medical profession, the physios, that's all you want. And uh, I'll always, he, he knows from my perspective, if he ever needs anything from me, he just needs to pick up the phone. But I think every single lion that went on a tour that was looked after him would say the same. And I would say the current lions would say the same about the current doctor. It's just, they tend to pick good people to look after you on a tour and you really need that. They need to be part psychologist, part physiologist, part strapper, part mate, part shoulder, a cry on, jack of all trades. I was very, very grateful. And I really, really, he saved his life. He did. I hope I'll have a James Robson around when I collapse on the golf course. Clearly a, a time which was distressing for family. It's not a Christmas video in the Greenwood household. But I still look back at 97 as the greatest tour ever, um, which hopefully puts into context how good the tour was, if you can have that sort of experience and still talk about it that way. Experience shifts shifts life and you learn and you come back and you think, gosh, you know, I, I was in that position. Yeah, I fudged it and I got through it. And it makes you more determined to actually learn the skills that you need. And I think that that continues. And, you know, World Rugby, the, the unions have all been immense. But within that, the medics who work in, in rugby and in sport in, in general, I think, have done a fantastic job at moving player welfare on and particularly in, in the form of acute care. I think that is so, so much far advanced over the years that I've been privileged to look after people. He's somebody that will always, uh, I'll always have a soft spot for. Uh, 
Well, somebody who saves your life. We all need one, don't we? We do. This has been a 9419 production for Audi.